Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The opinions, language, and discussion expressed in Disability After Dark may be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Do you want to keep the conversation lit around sex and disability? Want to spark a conversation about something you heard on the show? Feel like shining some light on an issue that I haven't even thought of? You can do all that and get the inside scoop on what happens in my brain after dark by following me on Twitter at Andrew Gerza, that's A-N-D-R-E-W-G-U-R-Z-A. And be sure to use the hashtag DisabilityAfterDark all over your social media so we can shine light on sex and disability together. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for clicking on episode 18 of Disability After Dark, the podcast that shines a bright light on sex and disability. Before we get started, I want to thank everybody not only for clicking today, but for also pledging to my Patreon page. I really, really appreciate it. Some of you have sent in some really great monthly pledges to the show that have helped me build some things and and get some get some new software to have clearer interviews, better interviews, and I'm looking into continue growing that to build the show, make it stronger, pay guests when I can. Uh, I'm looking to do a lot of different things, so thank you so much for pledging. It really means a lot to me, and it's important because I am, as I, as I often say, I'm a crippled content creator, and I create all this from my own home studio with no budget and no... Um, no resources really aside from some free audio tech equipment that I downloaded. So this, the fact that people are pledging and wanting to listen to my ramblings about sex and disability is really, really cool. And I really, really thank you for spending your hard-earned money on a, on a cause like this and wanting to talk about sex and disability. So thank you so, so much. For those who pledged, you know who you are. If you are interested in pledging, you can always head over to Patreon.com slash Disability After Dark. Okay, so I want to dive right into the topic that we're going to do for this episode. I'm excited to talk to you about this one. I want to talk in this episode, I want to go get really, really super personal with you guys, as if I haven't done that already over the last 17 episodes. But I want to get really, really personal about my sex life, and, and I want to talk about what makes me as a disabled person, what makes me tick, what gets me off, what excites me, what turns me on, what turns my crank. And so for this episode, I'm going to be really, really candid with you. I'm going to be really candid about my disability. I'm going to be really candid about all of the things that I like in bed. And I'll explain why right now. This episode is entitled, Make This Cripple Come, right here on Disability After Dark. To be honest, for this episode, I wanted to do one that was about all the sexiness of disability. I wanted to do an episode that was about being sensual while being seated and having a disability. And I wanted to talk about sensuality and disability a lot because I think I, I wanted to move away from the mechanical side of things. When we talk about disability, even sometimes when I talk about disability, I tend to be proving to people that I can have sex, that sex is possible for me. Um, and I very rarely, I mean, I do talk about what makes me tick, but I wanted to, to dedicate a whole, I was going to say I very rarely do, that's not true. 
I talk about it all the time. But I wanted to dedicate a whole episode to basically getting the gimp off or, or making the cripple come. Um, and I wanted to play with the idea of sensuality um, and really just, just give you a little bit of a sexy insight into what gets me off. And if you ever want to spend time with me or another disabled person in bed, these could be some pointers. Now, these are geared pretty much to my experience, so I can't speak for everyone listening or everyone with a disability, but I think that these are just some fun things that I enjoy in the bedroom, and they, they totally co- correlate to my disability, and I want to share them with you. So let's look into uh, the sensual side of disability, and let's find out what makes this cripple come. I have been known to say in the work that I do as a disability awareness consultant that I believe the wheelchair is one giant sex toy. In fact, there are many, many interviews with me where I've said this. There are blog posts where I've written this. There are podcasts where I've recorded this, and I've said this for sure. And I have pretty much been a longtime proponent of if you want to fuck in your chair, you should. And the chair is a great place to get it on. Now, I firmly believe this is true. I firmly believe that fucking in your chair is great. And everybody who's a wheelchair user or has a mobility device of some sort and wants to fuck with it and play with it and make it part of your play, you should totally do that. And I completely stand by that if that's something you want to do. But I have discovered that I also love very much having sex outside of my chair. I love having sex in my bed. I love having sex on the floor. I love having sex out of my chair because it gives me a chance to stretch out. It gives me a chance to be in a different space. It gives me a chance to be carried out of my chair. So I love having sex out of my chair, but more specifically, I love having, I love being lifted out of my chair by someone. This act of being lifted out of my chair by someone rarely happens. And it usually happens to get out of my chair, as I've said before on episode three, wheelchair slings and other things, that it happens with a sling and a team of individuals who have who are there to assist me. I've talked about how the sling is great, but sometimes you want to just be lifted out of your chair in a fit of passion. That's just something that I, as a wheelchair user, really, really, really get off on. It's just so, so hot. One of the things that I really like, really, really like, is to be lifted out of my chair. There's something so, so sensual and so, so important to me about that act. Firstly, it's hot to be lifted like that by someone you're about to get it on with and be intimate with. Picture that. We've all had that fantasy where somebody whisks us away and lifts us out of our out of whatever we're in, to go have passionate sex with us. It's really, really sexy. Um, And I love it. And it's something that I don't really get to do. And it happened for me a couple weeks ago with the partner that I spent time with. And I got to tell you, it was literally the sexiest thing that's ever happened. It was really, really hot. It just felt great to be held. And it felt great for them to take me out of my 90-degree sitting position and move my body and feel my body and touch me and lift me out of the chair and hold me there for a minute. To have somebody use their strength to lift you 
it's a very sensual, it's so sensual. And I, so, I mean, there is the fear of being dropped. And I had that fear for like a split second. But my hormones and the excitement of the hotness that was about to happen really, really overrode that. Also, if you do fall on the floor when somebody's trying to lift you in a, in a moment of passion, know that sex on the floor can be really hot too. So if you have, if you do want to get out of your chair and your partner tries to lift you and you fall and you don't break anything, you can have sex on the floor because it's also really fun too. And for a disabled person, sex out of the chair and sex on the floor, these are different spaces that we're, than, than we're usually used to being in. So it's, I remember the first time I had sex on the floor, it was really it's such an interesting experience because I'd never been on the floor for sex before. So it was really cool and I kind of felt like I was doing something that everybody else had already gotten to do that I'd never gotten to do because typically, and I'll talk about this in a little bit, when people, when people with disabilities are placed in a bed or placed in, in positions, it's done very, very carefully. So to be put on the floor with somebody was a whole new world for me and I loved it. It was so hot. But yeah, recently when the partner I was with um, lifted me out of the chair, it was just fucking hot. And I highly recommend it to anybody who is a mobility device user who wants to spice it up. Have them, if they can, and if they're safe, and if they don't hurt themselves, um, if they can lift you, let them do it. It's really, really sensual, and it really, really bonds the experience with you and the other person. Next on my list of things that make this crippled come being undressed. Alright, so I've had trepidation about being undressed sometimes because I've had the worry about all that might come given my disability and so people have to undress me and dress me. That's just part of my experience as a disabled person. Um, and I'm used to that in very specific contexts. And many lovers that I've had undressed me and have undressed me in the past. And there's always a brief moment where I'm slightly uncomfortable because I'm realizing that they're going to see my disability for real and they're going to see uh, just how disabled I am. They're going to see all the things that make me super crippled. And no matter what no matter what I do, usually there's a moment of fear. But if I really stop and think about the act of being undressed on its face for me, I realize that I love it. I love, absolutely love being undressed and here's what I like about it and I'll tell you in just a minute but just before I tell you I'm gonna play some ads and then I'll get right back into what makes me come right here on disability after dark hi my name is Laura Bain partially blind and partially cool in Halifax and I listen to disability after dark the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability so basically, I love being undressed. I really, really have started to come to enjoy being undressed so much by another person. And I, I, like I said, there I do have fears around that. And there is some trepidation always about it because vulnerability, the body, blah, blah. But I, I also really am starting to revel in the show aspect and the surprise from, of a partner seeing and encountering and dealing with my disabled body for the very first time. There's something kind of sexy and kind of playful about having them encounter that and encounter my scars and my curves and my 
disability belly and all the things and, and seeing my super well-built arms. Yeah, that was a shameless body plug. I have nice arms. My well-built tattooed arms as they spastically flail out of my shirt. They can see my disability belly as it, you know, hangs there. And my spindly hammer-toed feet can be super hot sometimes, I guess. Maybe I'm not a feet guy, but if you like spindly weird toes, I'm your man. I'm your guy. Yeah. So, I mean, I love the aspect of the show of getting undressed. And like, it's not, to be honest, whenever I've been undressed by a guy, there's been a lot of like, how do I do this? What do, they're, they're very curious as to how to do it without hurting me, which I understand. But I do try to make it playful. And I try to like involve some kissing during that. And I try to make it... I try to make it part of the sex we're having and part of the experience that we're having together. And I like them, I like seeing them get, not uncomfortable, but I like seeing them be unsure a little bit because then they, once my clothes are off, it's kind of exciting to see for the brief seconds that I'm in the chair before I get out of the chair, to see the backdrop of me in the chair without my clothes on, I think is really powerful. If you've seen any of my social media feeds, You've seen me in my chair naked or on a bed naked. And I think showcasing the disabled body that way, I've said this before, is very, very important. And I think that um, showing the disabled body to somebody and having them be a part of the process of undressing me and bringing them into that world that way is a big deal. And I think it's important that, that, that for partners, sexual partners of people with disabilities and the disabled community to be a part of that undressing and redressing experience to show and highlight that my body is important and has value. And if you want to see my body and you want to get with me, this is something you're going to have to do. And you're going to have to be okay with that. And you're going to be able to look forward to sexualizing my disabled body properly if you take the time to undress me. One of the things I also really enjoy about being undressed and having someone undress me and getting naked with somebody in front of somebody and having them do it for me is I like being stripped down to the core of my crippledness and being able to take off this idea of normalcy that we so often toy with in the disability community. When I wear clothes sometimes, it's hiding my leg bag. It's hiding my catheter. It's hiding my scars and my weird spindle leaf toes and my weird disability belly and all the things that make me disabled, the clothes are hiding them to to show that I can also be presentable and be normal and look okay as best I can. And so when those when those vestiges of quote normalcy come off for me, it's really, really empowering as a disabled person to be like, yep, this is my reality. Here it is. Let's deal with it. Let's figure it out together. Plus, who the fuck doesn't love being undressed by somebody they want to get with? It's just hot. I mean, as I'm saying this, I'm picturing every sex scene in a movie ever, and typically they're undressing each other. Although in my case, because of disability, it's a necessity, which is even hotter almost, because if you want to get with this, you have to unwrap the crippled packaging inside. Crippled packaging. Can we hashtag that? Hashtag Crip Pack? Cripple Packaging? Yeah, Cripple Packaging. That's what it'll be. So everybody should undress their disabled partner because it can be 
really, really sexy and really, really fun. And it, it forces you to look again at the disabled body in a different way and to be a part of the experience. So yeah, everybody should do that. That's definitely something that makes me come for sure. Just before I move on to the next point that I had there in my slides that I wrote for this today, I also think that getting redressed by a partner after the sex is really sensual and really fun too because again, it puts them into the experience of getting to know your body and getting to know what you need. And there's something really terrifying but also really important about that as well. So if you're gonna, if you're gonna unwrap the cripple packaging and be sure you package it up real nice afterwards too. One of the most important parts of sex for anybody, I think, is being touched. Being touched is so important for all of us and touch is something that I talk about a lot in the work that I do. I've talked about the importance of touch, I've written about the importance of touch, and what it means for me given the fact that I am so often touched by my care workers in a clinical manner. Let me just give you a brief rundown of how I'm touched in the day. They come in at 8 a.m. in the morning to wake me up out of bed. They put on gloves and they immediately start touching my sexy, seated, crippled skin with these really abrasive, hard, non-latex, sometimes latex if I, if I can get the cheap ones, um, gloves. And they have all this procedure for touching me. It's very, very clinical. They'll roll you back and forth to put on a sling. They'll roll you back and forth to put on your pants. They roll you back and forth to put on, you to, to put your shirt on. There's all these, there's a lot of rolling in my wake up in the way that I'm woken up by an attendant, but it's very, very clinical the way I'm touched. Any kind of washing and any kind of doing is very, very professional, as I think it should be. Um, but this is the kind of touch that I'm used to. This is the kind of touch that I expect. This is the kind of touch that I have learned to accept in my life for what I need as a disabled person. It is not, in any way, the kind of touch that many of us want in our lives. And when you're disabled, being deprived of this kind of touch, this kind of touch that is driven by want as opposed to what is needed, is very rare. As a disabled person, you're touched a lot throughout the day, but never really in the way you want. So now let me tell you what kind of touch I like the most and what kind of touch really makes me excited as a disabled person and what kind of touch gets me off as a gimp. Um, I love being touched softly, really, really softly and sensually, like when somebody like takes their fingers and traces them around my chest or my hands or when even when a guy and I hold hands, I get all tingly and excited because not just because a guy's holding my hand, because this kind of touch and this kind of connection with somebody, even if it's a one-night stand, is so, so rare for me to be touched that way. I get so excited and it turns me right on. And like It's just to have somebody touch you out of desire rather than necessity is extremely rare as a disabled person. And it just makes like the cockles of my heart grow wide and excited because... It never happens. So I love being touched kind of playfully and holding their hands and just feeling that warmth of another person that wants to connect with you that way is really great. I think whether you're disabled or not, but when you live in a world that is so regimented, having that kind of touch is like, it's a free-for-all really is what it is. Um, more explicitly, I love having my cock and balls touched in a way that isn't with gloves and a washcloth. 
um, or, or gloves and a loofah in the morning. I don't really enjoy having my legs ripped open in the morning to be cleaned. It's a necessity, so I let it happen, and it's fine. But to have somebody touch you in your genital area in a way that's sensual... I remember when it happened to me most recently, I had to like take a second and be like, oh, this is a different kind of touch. Enjoy this. Go with this. Feel this for what it is. Um, the realness of that touch of having somebody touch your genitals um, in that way when you're disabled and you don't often get to feel that is, I remember it was a surge of like pure bliss when that last happened to me because it just never happens. And it was so, I remember my partner touched me there and I had to like stop and go, oh, okay, they're not going to end with a condom catheter. They're not going to put on a glove right now. All right, this is, this is good. And it took me a minute um, to remember how good it felt to simply be touched. And so I love just being touched by another person as part of the play. That gets me off hardcore. So if you really want to make me come, partners, just touch me in sensual ways and I will be all yours. Along with touch and being touched by somebody, which I love a lot. I just love being and I'm very tactile too, so when I'm with a lover or somebody that I'm getting intimate with, my spastic crippled hands are touching and feeling and really just taking in, soaking in all of those sensory experiences. And I just think it's, it's one of my favorite things to do. We don't even really have to have sex, although sex is great. Just touching somebody sensually that you're into is... As a disabled man who, like I said, only gets touched in a very specific way, it's, it's so, so critically important for me. I have more to share with you on what makes this cripple come right here on Disability After Dark. But first, I want to play some more ads. Stay tuned, guys. Hey, guys. Andrew here. So if you like what you hear on the podcast, if you've read one of my, one of my articles, if you've seen me in a presentation... I want to invite you to leave a review on my website. Let me know how I'm doing. Let me know how I can do things better. And let me know if I can shine a brighter light on sex and disability for you. Head on over to www.andrewgerza.com slash reviews and leave a review of your own. Just before our ad break there, I was about to talk about what else makes me come, and I have a few more things that I can share. So let's do that right now. Alongside touch, I also love the idea of pressure. Now, when I say pressure, what I mean typically is having someone else's body weight on top of mine. There's something, I don't know, it happened to me recently with a partner I was with, having their body weight on top of me and feeling that pressure of someone else's body on you is for somebody with a disability to feel hard, concerted kind of concentrated pressure of someone's body on you is a different feeling than what I think many of us with disabilities are used to. Um, I just, I loved it. I loved having, feeling the weight of somebody, not crushing you, but the weight of somebody just being there is a really interesting feeling for me as a disabled person. I think I can tell you why. I think it's because so many people, when they go to touch a disabled person, there's this unconscious fear, and I've seen this happen so many times, 
there's an, un an unconscious fear that you'll break me or that I will break or that I am somehow fragile. And this doesn't only happen in sexual moments with people either. This really happens a lot when I'm just hanging out with friends or meeting a new person or going to shake somebody's hand. They will not recoil, but they'll be very, very concerned about actually physically touching me. And you can see it's like when they go to touch you, like they're going to touch glass. And if they touch the glass too hard, the glass will break. They don't even realize they're doing this, I think, a lot of the time. It's just been so deeply ingrained because of ableism and a lack of discussion and a lack of true touch of people with disabilities that they don't even realize that they're doing it, but they do often treat you like you are this prized piece of glass that can't be touched any heavier than a feather. So what happens after you know the effects of being treated like you're this prized piece of glass that can't be touched you know, a lot because you might break. And this, this ideology that people have that the minute they look at you, you'll break and shatter into a thousand pieces. Because of those thoughts that people have and the way they treat us, or at least, at least for me anyway, I love pressure and gentle, not overly rough, but gentle force from a lover. I like being, I, I realized recently in my sex play that I like being pinned down. I like which is a whole other part of the conversation that we'll get to in another episode. But I love being, I love the pressure of someone's body on top of mine. It just feels so, it just feels really good. I can't explain it, but I think it has a lot to do with my experience as a disabled person never really receiving that kind of pressure because of fear of me breaking. Like, if I'm totally honest with you, grinding is my favorite thing. Grinding is so fun to do with a guy in bed uh, and frauding and all that stuff because of the pressure and because of the the weight of feeling somebody doing that on top of me is just, it's so awesome. So, so awesome. So if you want to make this cripple come, do that a little bit and then I'm all yours for sure. And I think if a lot of us are honest with ourselves and we really look at the kind of sex that we actually enjoy not that manufactured sex that we're often told about and the manufactured sex that we're told to have, if we really think about the sex that really gets us off and makes us all come, I think we would all agree that some kind of pressure and force is what we like and is what gets all those nerves tingling. But for me, there's a whole lot of, lot of correlation to disability, which is kind of awesome. On the emotional side of it too, it shows me that you're not worried that you'll, that if you exert pressure with me in bed and we're doing that with each other, I then don't have to worry that you think I'm some flower that's going to wilt and die and break. And that's sexy. To know that you wanted to exert the pressure without the fear is kind of awesome. So if you want, again, if you want to get me off, put the pressure on, please do it. I made a note in my notes to say that this liking of pressure is a personal thing that I have adopted as a disabled person. This does not apply to all the other sexy cripples out there who want to engage in fun play. What I'm saying is if somebody says, ow, when you apply the pressure, maybe don't apply the pressure. Don't do that. You know, check in before you, before you think that all disabled people like pressure. I like pressure. So if you want to put your pressure on me, great. But even if I say ow, stop. 
this doesn't apply to every disabled person, but I fucking love pressure. So if you're getting it out with me, do pressure. If you're not doing it with me, check about pressure first. In the disability community, we spend a lot of time talking about the reframing of things. Having to look at things differently and how do we do that? In the work that I do, I talk, I've talked a lot about different erogenous zones. I've talked a lot about how to change the erogenous zones, different places where the disabled body might have different sensitivities. Typically, when we talk about this, and with respect to disability, we talk about different erogenous zones. We're talking about people who have, who have acquired an injury. For myself, having been born with disabilities and having cerebral palsy from birth, and not having acquired an injury later in life, I love having my left earlobe, only the left one for some reason, which I don't really understand, but I love having my left earlobe blown into. It literally gets me hard as a rock, and I absolutely die for it. It's, this, it's just so sexy. It's, I can't explain it, but it makes me excited. It makes me tingle in places that, that I didn't realize I could tingle in. Like It makes all the hairs on my neck stand up, and I just get immediately immersed in it. just makes me feel so good, and... It makes all my all my crippled senses like tingle with excitement and anticipation. Anticipation. I think why this gets me so excited in the bedroom and why it definitely makes me come. I actually, to be frank with you, listeners, I have come to orgasm just from a guy doing that. I was about twenty one, twenty two, and I was having a hookup with this guy, and he just we made out for a bit, and he blew in my ear, and I literally came buckets out of like just excitement because I don't think I had been touched like that in a while and it just was it it made me go wild but I loved the sensuality of that and I think because of my level of CP and how sensitive my body can be because of spasms and all those things I think it I think blowing in that ear does something to my sensory overload because of the CP and makes everything super more sensitive. I could have said super sensitive right there, but for some reason I felt the need to say super more sensitive as if as if that would like enhance the type of sensitivity. So when you think about blowing in my ear and you think about what that does to me, I want you to think not super sensitive, but super more sensitive. That is the level of emotion that I want you to put to that future lovers of mine. Think about that next time you want to make me come. One of the biggest turn-ons I have as a cripple is kissing. Gah, I love it so, so much. I can't even tell you. It's my favorite thing to do of any sexual activity. That's, that's my thing. That's what gets me going in every way. And I take pride in my skills as a good kisser. There was, and sometimes still is, a brief few moments in my life where I will eat your face off. I can't lie. There are moments where I'm, when I'm kissing you and I really get into it because of my spastic CP sometimes where I literally look like I'm eating your face off. But don't worry. It's hot and you will thank me for it later. I believe that kissing is essential, but especially so as a disabled person. It goes back to what I was saying about affection and touch, etc. And it confirms for me that everything is okay and that my partner is maybe into all of this crippled, disabled shit that I'm offering. 
and they're comfortable with it. And it, it's an experience for me that solidifies what it is we're about to do. And it's very, very crucial for me to, to kiss somebody and to be kissed. I think it's really, really important for me as a disabled lover to be kissed. I think it's important as a disabled person to be kissed because we often don't get to be kissed and being kissed is part of sensuality, which is something that is so often denied to us as disabled people. So kissing for me takes on a whole new meaning and there's a whole bunch of layers and levels and things I enjoy with kissing and reasons why I think it's so, so critically important to the cripple coming experience. Kissing is where it starts, man. It's where it's where it all begins. I also would like to think kissing is my favorite as a disabled person because I don't really have to do much. I don't really, this isn't, kissing is an experience that doesn't require me to ask for a bunch of help, doesn't really require me to move around a lot. I don't have to do strenuous activity to, to complete this task. It's something I can do fully independently, um, and that's kind of cool. I also like to think that thanks to my CP, I have a spastic tongue. Quote, spastic tongue is not a medical term, and this should be known, but it also, a spastic tongue makes the makeout session even better, because I can get into positions with my tongue in your mouth that you weren't even aware that I could do, so that's kind of awesome. So, everybody should kiss a cripple, you may just like it. Speaking of the word cripple, I love dirty talk in the bedroom, but I don't mean typical dirty talk like, oh yeah, baby, fuck me harder, suck my cock, that feels really good. But I mean, I, I say all those things too when it's warranted. And I, it's, I find it funny that when we engage in sex, the word, especially in my experience, male and male sex, we whisper fuck to each other a lot without it actually meaning anything. It's super weird. I've done it, I'm guilty of it, but it's super strange. And one of the things that I enjoy in the bedroom is when somebody will openly use the word cripple or gimp with me in the bedroom with whatever sex act that we're doing. I think it's, for I don't know, because I have reclaimed those words as, as terms of empowerment, when somebody whispers that to me in my ear or like, yeah, cripple, suck my cock harder, it's actually a giant turn on. And I think... Um, that for me to make me come, like doing that and saying those words to me in a sex positive context is really, really cool and it really gets me off and it's really fun. Um, and I think if you're with a partner with disabilities and you've explained, um, you know, they've explained to you that they've reclaimed those terms or you are the person with disabilities, maybe try exploring that with the partner and exploring using those terms like gimp and cripple and wheelchair bound and all those those terms that we typically um, see as negative connotations. See if you can turn them around as sexy play words in the bedroom. I'm not sure, but for me, when a guy whispers "cripple" in my ear or "cripple suck my dick" or you know "gimp suck my cock" or "make me come," um, that's a giant turn on. So again, any future lovers, take note. Thanks so much for listening to What Makes This Cripple Come. I think it's really important that we had that conversation and we kind of took it outside of the mechanics and outside of how sex works and didn't necessarily talk about how sex feels today in this episode, but we really just kind of got down to 
what makes cripples come and what they like and what stimulates someone who's sexy and seated. And while I was sharing my personal experience, I urge you to go on Twitter and tweet me your personal experiences about what makes you come as a cripple. Um, send me emails about it. I want to hear about it because I think it's an important topic. So thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability. Copyright notice. The Disability After Dark podcast, including title, graphic, content, interview recordings, and title music produced and recorded by Chris Ujiuchi, are property of Andrew Gerza. This podcast cannot be reproduced without permission from the owner. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability.